Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In this episode, I want to talk about a tool you can use uh, that I came across, you know, consciously at least, in the last few weeks. And it's something I've played with in the past, but I got a new perspective on it. And it's a way of how do we actually experience advice? Because if you're like me, I'm not great at taking it directly. So let's dive into today's podcast and dig a bit deeper. Okay, so this tool we're talking about today is how do you actually learn things better? Like, and I'm talking about real identifiable lessons in life. I'm sure we've all heard fantastic, fantastic pieces of advice, and they've come in one ear and gone out the other. Like, I really sometimes think I have a hole between my two ears, and information, I can say, wow, that sounds fantastic, and then it's gone. Or I can repeat that fantastic advice to someone else, uh, but do I actually follow it? Do I identify with it? Is it part of who I am as a as a human? Do I really, um, do I really get the value of that advice? Because just repeating the same thing over and over again to people and it's kind of like Chinese whispers, right? Everyone's repeating the same advice. We see it in memes on Facebook. We see it in oh, just so many different places, but so few of us really embody it. And that's when learning matters, right? When you can embody something and it becomes part of you, it really, really sinks in. And I heard a fantastic story this morning listening to a Dr. Atiyah, Peter Atiyah, uh, on a podcast uh, called, I want to say, the Something CEO. It's completely escaped my brain. But the um, the piece of advice was fantastic. And I, I heard the whole, pod, the whole podcast was an hour, two hours long. But this one story really sunk in about how he learnt a new lesson. And it was all about, it was, he'd, he'd read a book about, about different virtues and values. And they talked about work virtues and eulogy virtues. These were the things that, you know, you get remembered for when something at the end of it. Like if you've got a great, if you've had a fantastic career, you've had a great CV, you've got all these awards, fantastic. But when you die at some point and someone reads your eulogy or talks about you, very rarely they talk about your work accomplishments. Very few people, you know, and if they did, that'd be pretty sad, right? Just work, work, work. But what happens is all the people talk about you as a good mother or a good father or a great friend or someone who went over and beyond for people they may not have known or whatever that is. They talk about your values as a human, uh, your virtues as a human. I get those two mixed up. You know, that that type of stuff, right? And he'd been reading this book and he went, oh, that's really good information. That's interesting. I'll remember that and use it. But for him personally, he hadn't really identified with it. I'm sure he could have repeated it in a setting or whatever. But how did, was he ever going to actually apply that learning to his life? And then what basically happened very shortly after that is the mother of one of his children's friends died. She was a lawyer. It was quite early on. Like she wasn't really old. We're talking 40, 45. Um, and he went to her funeral because it was her, his daughter's best friend and he had known her through that relationship. And he's standing there and listening um, at the back of the room and everyone was talking about what a great mother she was. Not a single person talked about her as a lawyer, which was her profession. 
at all. Now, that doesn't make her a bad lawyer, but it's not the thing people remember you for or think about, right? They don't value that in that speech. And it kind of hit him like a ton of bricks, this learning he'd, he'd read in this book or gathered from this book and the experience that happened right after it. So this, this information was fresh in his mind. And then he had an experience that completely put it into context. And he kind of clicked himself and he went, wow. He was able to really look at his own life and go, in this emotional moment, because emotions are a great activate, activator of information, he was able to say, what would happen at my funeral? What would happen there? And he goes, and he thought to himself, he was very acclaimed, he was very accomplished, um, had all of the career accolades, but he was a terrible dad. You know, he, he struggled to see his kids often. He always put work first. He was having other relationship issues from my understanding. Didn't go into too much detail, but he had a bunch of issues personally. And because he'd had this experience, it drilled into him this learning he'd made. And it kind of supercharged it and took it from just being something he heard that he agreed with to something that shaped the next journey of his life. He ended up going down a path to therapy and a bunch of other things that all stemmed from this learning. And I, I was, you know, as I was listening to it, as I went on my walk in the morning, I was just amazed by it. I thought it was, it was so well said. And it's something I see so often with dyslexics, with the neurodiverse, we have this habit of of half hearing or thinking we know things, but they're things that we don't actually apply to our life or embed. We really struggle with it. You know, we can be full of all of this information in our minds that we can repeat like we're talking parrots, but how we apply that into our life, it can be very poor, right? It's really poor. You know, when we ran our um, Truth About Dyslexia courses, our live courses for a while, which were I really enjoyed and the people got a lot of value from, a huge amount of how we taught that was information, but it was also around massively around experience. 80% of it was experience and reflecting on experience. Because the way our brains work is we do not learn from reading alone. We do not learn from listening alone. You know, anyone who's listening to this podcast who hears something I say, and then in the next two or three days, you have an experience where that learning is applied or there's some context in life, you will apply it into your personality and who you are. That's how it works, right? And there'll be people here that may have listened to 50 podcasts, but one or two of them really sunk in for whatever reason. Maybe I spoke about a hidden trait or a challenge you'd had. A day or two later, you recognized it in yourself and you were able to go, oh my gosh, that's me. How, is, how did I not realize that was part of this? And all these like pennies start to drop. It's like a rain shower of pennies dropping. And you're able to then go, okay, what else did I learn from that? And how do I apply that? And bang, it's now usable. It's now experienced learning, not just heard or, you know, it's actually absorbed. Many of us, many of us when we study, and I get this question a lot with dyslexics, is how do I study better? Because people think the issue is reading. It's actually not reading a lot of the time. It's that we don't absorb the information in a symbolic form. We just don't absorb it very easily. You know, it just doesn't happen. You know, and I, I speak to it and I say there's there are tricks around this and tools you can use. And one of the tools, you know, the two, there's really two tools in my opinion. 
two big tools. I'm sure there are variations of these, but there's visuals and experience. So you can, one, you can create stories in your head that create visual experiences. If you hear something that you go, I need this in my life, I have to apply this, I'm not going to let it fall out my other ear, there's two ways of dealing with it. One is visual. So you can visualize yourself in an experience. So like, you know, I'm not like, it's very unlikely you can, you know, friends are not, you know, that example I used with Peter Atiyah, he, you know, that happened naturally in life. You're not going to go out and kill your daughter's best mother just to get that experience, right? It's not going to happen. You shouldn't do that. I do not advocate that. That is not what this is about. But you can't force some of these experiences to happen, right? It's just not, not, not realistic. But what you can do is you've probably got an over, an over-exaggerated imagination, so if you hear something, you go, wow, that's really deep. I don't apply that in my life. I'm conscious of that. I'd probably tell someone, I know that, if they asked me about it. Um, but you could go, okay, how do I actually get that into my psyche? How do I live it? And so with visualization, what you can do, and I, I usually do it with music. I'll put on, I've got AirPods, so I'll listen to something that um, takes me into my mind and allows me to get out of the real world a little bit more, and allows me to focus. Like music really works for me. Sometimes it's a smell. I use tea tree oil or lemongrass, depending on what the mood is. Um, close my eyes. I've got a eye mask to take away the external light completely. And then what I'll do is I'll play with something in my mind for 5-10 minutes. It doesn't have to be a long period of time. But I'll go through an experiential journey to try and try and play with it. How would that play out in my life? And I'll ask myself that question. I'll let my mind come up with a journey and I'll dig deeper into it. And so, you know, imagine, you know, imagine what I mentioned around Peter Atiyah, you know, learning about the virtues, trying to compare the virtues of work, knowing that you probably work too much and really struggle with the valuing the values of a home life. You know, maybe you do close your eyes and you you don't stand at someone else's funeral. You're standing at your own. Maybe you're a ghost. Just remember, this is in your mind. You can create whatever you like. There is no rules. All you're trying to do is experience something in um, a more tangible way. And maybe you're watching your family and friends, and you're asking yourself, what would my mother say, for example? Or what would my son say? What would my wife or husband say? You know, what would they say? What would, what would the, you know, start by looking at what would the church look like if it's a church or if it's not a church, what would the room look like? What, what would your funeral look like? Start playing with it. You know, you don't have to spend too long on it, but create something that feels real. And the more real it feels, the more you'll have this emotional shiver down your, your spine about reality. You just, you'll feel it in yourself that it is real. And then at that point, you can start asking some more questions around it. You know the bit of advice you're after. You could say, what would they say about me personally? You know, he was never there. He was always away. You know, his work was more important than his family. Well, that's how we felt. Yeah, and start to, you know, bring some pain in. Your emotions can be really created by your mind, your visualizations, your experiences. So do it. Turn up the volume of that. Make it so real that you can't get away from it. And I'll tell you, if you do that right and you do it a few times, you know, not even on the same topic, you get that emotion turned up using your visualization, that'll stick with you for life. You'll remember it. You will remember it 100%. 
It's, it's, it's a no brainer. It just is how our, our bodies work. But so often we're rushing through life so quickly, we don't take time to do something like this. And I'm not suggesting here, suggesting that you do this for every piece of advice you get. It just won't work. It, and it's not realistic. It's like trying to say, you know, to be fit, you have to eat chicken and broccoli for every meal of the rest of your life. It's not going to happen. You're lying to yourself, right? If someone did that, you know, gosh, you'd probably send them somewhere because be, you'd feel they're crazy, right? But occasionally you get that bit of advice that you think, if I could apply this to my life, it would change. And it's worth me putting in that 10 minutes of visualization or however long you choose. It's worth it. I see value in that. It's a good investment in my mind. Okay? So what I want you to think about is there's something you could do that for. Is there a piece of advice you've had? Or what's that next piece of advice you're going to get that you can apply that to? Because I'll guarantee you it'll work. It'll work. Even if it's not the, even if you have to do it a couple of times while you're practicing. You know, it works. You will remember it. You will feel it. Play with it. Expand it. Detract it. Change it. Mold it. Your brain is a complete playground. But what happens in it, in your brain, in your body, in your mind, in your body, should we say, it will remember. And it will not always know the difference between reality and what you've created. A lot of your life may, that may apply to a lot of your life. So you may as well create the visualizations consciously rather than just react to the ones it's created on its own. Does that make sense? The other way of doing it as well, I mentioned a second tool. And if I'm honest, the first tool is the way I do it. The second tool is how do you actually experience it? There are some pieces of advice where you can actually experience it in real life. And I'll give you one example of that. Someone was really, a friend of mine was really struggling to be motivated in the morning. And he heard a bit of advice about creating a trigger, a real life trigger that forced him into action. If he didn't do something by a certain point, something negative happened. And I think the example from, this is a my memory going back, the example was um, he'd given a card to a friend that he'd asked to post if he didn't do something by a certain date. And from memory, it was a card to his ex-wife with $50 in it. And it said, take this $50 and have a great night with my wife. And this was going to the, the, the new husband from memory. And let's just say they did not like each other. It was not good. Um, and so, you know, it was a great piece of advice for someone who's struggling with motivation about something, but needs something negative to push them, right? And so in that case, you know, you can experience it yourself. You can actually take action to create that situation in your life and experience it. Once you've experienced it once, it's a lot easier to go to the second, the third, the fourth. So he did the same thing, put it in. Luckily, I think he also had an ex-wife, you know, um, and and he did it and he experienced it. And I, I'm honest, I don't know if he's using it to today, but he created that experience. So that's now part of his identity. He could use that and he'll remember it and he'll have feelings associated with it. So you can do it in real life as well. But I'll tell you, if you can get in the habit of that visualization practice, Oh, it's game changing. It's honestly game changing. You actually start to identify with the stuff you're learning rather than just adding information in and out. Um, and again, don't do it for everything. But if you can take a few of these lessons that are just golden and apply them, you know, if you want to make money, if you want to get fitter, these are the things you want to embed at such a deep level, you can't break from it. 
So hopefully that's added some value today, got you thinking. Have an epic rest of your day, and I'll be back next week. 